0: What's up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just ripped it. Good hour and 10-minute rip. I think you guys are going to love it. This episode's brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. You freaks already know all about them. They're helping us Bitcoiners with Bitcoin-focused financial services. They have a security-first mindset. Sorry for the Slack notifications coming in here. Uh, back to Unchained. They have a security-first mindset particularly around multi-sig. They want to make sure your UTXOs are secure, so they have their vault product, which allows you to engage in a two or three multi-sig quorum with Unchain in which you hold two keys on a Ledger or a Trezor and soon-to-be cold card as well. And then Unchain holds uh, one of the keys as well, so you can always move your UTXOs out of the vault by yourself with the two keys that you possess. But if you're ever... Want Unchained to come in and be the second key in the two or three signature, and you can go to more NMVM schemes as well. They're there for you. Uh, On top of that, they've open sourced this product. If you don't want Unchained involved, they've open sourced a desktop app, Caravan, in which you can create these multi sig setups by yourself without Unchained at all. And then on top of that, they have their uh, Bitcoin, excuse me, their USD lending program or product, which allows you to use Bitcoin as collateral so that you can get USD liquidity. Same-day USD liquidity, to be uh, more specific. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. So if you're in a pinch, uh, you need some cash, and you, you want to hold on to your Bitcoin as long as possible, you can engage in a Bitcoin collateralized loan with unchained capital. And then speaking of open source, we mentioned Caravan already. They're working on products like Slip39, uh, Hermit and uh, a bunch of other stuff, including their blog series, which has Gradually Then Suddenly. I was texting Parker last night. He's got a very interesting piece coming soon, so be on the lookout for that. They usually drop on Fridays, hopefully tomorrow. Maybe it's a masterpiece. It'll come out next week. We shall see. You. Go to www.unchained-capital.com to check out all this, the Vault program, uh, the collateralized loans, and the open source projects are working on plus their blog series www.unchained-capital.com also this episode was brought to you by our good friends at the cash app you freaks know all about them already all right they're helping us stack sats they're helping us stack slivers of stonks if you so please and if, if you can hear my niece she's screaming she's very rambunctious she has got a lot of energy um where was I at the cash app read? Oh, they're helping us stack Sats, They're helping us stack slivers of stonks, if you so please. And they have their boost program. I love their boost program. And on top of that, I've been getting, I've been very, very on top of this uh, stimulus paycheck program. Uh, I've gotten multiple uh, notifications of, hey, we're going to help you get your, get your Trump bucks if you need them. Here's how you do it. Go to the IRS. Here's a banking. Uh, here's a bank account number. Here's uh, wiring information. If you don't have a bank account... Uh, go to the IRS, put this information in, and we'll get it directly sent to your cash app so that you can get the money uh, that you need right now. Um, it's been very cool to see uh, how quickly they've implemented this and and the UX behind their messaging and communication of how they can help their users. has been uh, really, really uh, surprising and, and and cool to see, in my opinion. Very encouraging. Uh, use the code STACKINGSATS if you're going to download this app. When you download this app, if, excuse me, if you're able to download this app, I hope you are living in a place where you can download it because I love it so much. Use the code stacking, S A T S. this one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owl's Lacrosse. All right, Owl's Lacrosse, not that dirtbag Al who's trying to take our thunder and pretend like he's the actual lacrosse coach and not some dirtbag. All right, uh, Owl's Lacrosse. (coughs) use the good stacking stats and enjoy this rip of Rabbit hole recap Tiki. plan each day i'm closer
1: to being cash of the future not in your wallet i'm in your computer i'm the consensus of shared and synchronized One day I'm closer to being
0: What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent and your boy Matt O'Dell here for a rabbit hole recap. Sorry we didn't get a stimulus package in this week. I was terribly busy on Monday. Matt, how we doing?
1: You've been uh, dropping bombs, though, on the on the podcast feed, so I don't think the freaks will be too upset.
0: I hope you're not upset, freaks. We're going to get a stimulus package in next week. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about, too. Um, I mean, well, we're going to get into it, but obviously there was five point two. 5 million uh, unemployment claims last week that were announced today, so it seems like this crisis is persisting, and I think we're going to start to see more and more fallout and unrest from these shutdowns coming coming to the, the head this weekend, especially as the weather gets better. But we'll get into that. Before we get into all that, the price of Bitcoin right now, according to Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard is $7,003 on the dot. Uh, we are currently... Uh, 678 blocks away from the next difficulty retarget, which is looking like it's going to be an upwards difficulty adjustment of 11.4% right now. Uh, blocks are coming in at 9 minutes and 1 second, so almost a complete minute under the 10-minute target. Uh, we got 42.2% of uh, the Lightning Network is tour capacity, uh, so that is holding pretty steady. Sorry if you can hear my niece screaming downstairs right now. Uh, she's very loud. Very um, enthusiastic. The very enthusiastic fees versus subsidy one point six two percent. Pretty depressed compared to uh, the highs they reached a few weeks ago. Yeah, we've uh, we've been pretty choppy here, price wise, up down, sideways. I like that. I like sideways.
1: I've been noticing. Uh Steady growth in like the smaller tour routing nodes on Lightning, which is good to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very good to see. I think I mean, I mean we've talked about this the last few weeks. People are starting to tinker. People are starting to experiment. This isn't on the list, but yesterday alone, when the Trump bucks got dropped into everybody's uh, bank account or people who were eligible into their bank accounts, I got. An email, uh, a WhatsApp message. Sorry, I'm using WhatsApp. My college friends demand that we use that. Uh, And a text being like, hey, one was I'm taking the time in quarantine to learn more about Bitcoin and take uh, the the sats that I have seriously. Um, So I want to learn how to take them into my own possession. That was one text. The next was I just got my stimulus check, Uh, stacking sats with that right away and the third was, hey, uh, I haven't bought Bitcoin in a while, but use my stimulus check to buy Bitcoin. What's your favorite wallet these days? So uh, those are three examples just for me, obviously. Uh, maybe my view is a bit biased because I talk about Bitcoin and shill Bitcoin more than most individuals, but three of my friends that have been listening, uh, what I found most fascinating was, was they haven't been paying attention, but the stimulus check and the quarantine... Uh, sort of compelling them to pay more attention and, and learn more, uh, and and think about Bitcoin, which has been cool to see.
1: Well, I mean, a lot of people got their helicopter money directly into Cash App too, so then they
0: were just like two clicks away from Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, it was funny seeing all the uh, the uh, people were taking videos of like showing their bank accounts with the stimulus money getting dropped in and going over the Coinbase and buying
1: all the major banks were down. Like if you went on down detector yesterday, they were all down and and including Cash App. Cash App completely like froze up for a bit there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta imagine it's probably the biggest stress test all these banks have experienced. Uh, One day, the government is just gonna helicopter drop money into people's bank accounts. You gotta imagine people were rushing to check um, whether or not they got the money and if they got the money. People were freaking out that they got the money it's it was funny to see the reactions on twitter of uh of people reacting to getting their trump bucks
1: yeah i mean i didn't qualify but i stacked in solidarity
0: such a humble brag it wasn't you got uh, a lot of humble brag comments
1: it wasn't meant as a humble brag it just it, it was what it was but uh um yeah i uh if you if you're waiting for a check though, it's going to take another like week and a half or something like that because Trump wants his signature on every check.
0: Yeah, they had to get they had to get that that signature on the check. If you're hungry and you can only get it via a check, hey, sorry, you got to wait. Donnie's got to get a signature on there.
1: No, I mean cuz the thing is is you know, 99k is the hard cutoff and in New York City, 99k isn't, you know, that doesn't make you rich you're not a rich person at ninety nine k especially if you're unemployed right now. you know fortunately, I'm not uh, fortunately, I'm a very conservative person and I, i'm I'm fine all things considered so I can't really complain um, and also like obviously it's our fault for living in New York we could move somewhere else and I'm not so I'm not saying i mean, you know I'm not trying to like complain about it um, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the the states, the biggest Democratic states are the ones that got the short stick on this one. And I, I'm also, I'm not, you know, it's kind of fucked up when New York is the hardest hit place. Uh, and disproportionately, the relief that people in New York got was, was way less than the rest of the country. Um, but, you know, it's government. It's centrally planned. So you really shouldn't expect much. You should, you know, this should just this should not be a surprise to people.
0: It shouldn't, and well, to a lot of people, it is a surprise. Shouldn't be a surprise, but it is becoming a surprise to a lot of people. Um, again, like I mentioned, let's just jump into it uh, in the in the intro spiel. Like people, like unrest is starting to to firmer to 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 ferment to the to the top of the consciousness, right? They had in Michigan where their governor, so she decided stuff. to make it so you can't even buy seeds, uh, like to, to plant in your garden, uh, getting very, like, and that's the one thing Trump's been saying, like, Hey, we're going to let the States handle it. And some States are reacting terrible compared to others. Michigan being one How about um, rally, North governor Carolina.
1: Ch- they, uh, yeah, they said, not pro- to peacefully assemble. protesting is a non-essential activity. This is exactly what I was talking. This is what we mentioned in the Alex Gladstein pod. Like you can't, uh, I didn't think it was going to come to this as this quickly. Right. But uh, it's a natural progression uh, for these governments to then move in on, on making protesting illegal using these measures that they're passing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's everywhere too. Like we, we, uh, we shared that video uh, in the UK with each other where, (laughs) they're throwing people in vans for, for being outside and not, and not being in their houses. Um, the, the draconian measures that are, that are really coming to the fore right now are, are pretty scary. Actually, there was, I mean, let's talk about others looking for the tweet right now, but there was one governor. Um, yeah, the governor of New Jersey, the state I'm in right now, Phil Murphy, when he got asked, uh, where he got the authority to nullify the bill of rights when he banned religious services in his state. He said, I wasn't thinking of the bill of rights when we did this. The science says people have to stay away from each other. So the science is dictating the science, the science freaks. It's dictating, uh, what, what we can and cannot do right now. Not the, not the natural rights. You want to talk about uh, science? Come with life.
1: You want to talk about science? Two weeks ago, the New York government was saying that masks, don't help and in a lot of ways they make it worse if you wear a mask and now they're required in New York City uh so and and Cuomo himself said this nothing has changed from day one we've said masks help uh and it's just it's like who do they think we are who do they think we're all fucking idiots Do, do they think we haven't been watching we haven't been paying attention it's like it's fucking infuriating but I mean at the same time like I want everyone to wear masks. I just don't think they should be forced to wear masks i'm I'm all about mask life it is It's been liberating. It's fantastic. I went to the store this week i got I got a, a an extra prepaid SIM card just for the fuck of it because you could just walk in with gloves and a mask on and paying cash and no one batted an eye um like i I could get used to that. I could get used to mask life.
0: Yeah, no, I can as well, but like you said, it should not be mandatory if people don't want to wear a mask they shouldn't and people can avoid those people or at least try to uh yeah it's getting getting really weird and like i said so we're obviously there's protests in raleigh i was mentioning uh the governor of michigan michigan a bunch of people in michigan were uh protesting in their cars yesterday uh i think there's a couple that's the other interesting thing too. Not in favor of the states, but it's just interesting observation. California has a council to decide when they're going to go back. I believe the West Coast, I believe California, Oregon. It's the West Coast Pack. Maybe Washington. That's what they're calling it. Yeah, the West Coast Pack. And then here on the East Coast, we have Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut um, with a council to try and decide when they're going back. We may be seeing like... Citadels. The balkanization of the United States. Yeah, little citadels, citadels start to pop Marty. up.
1: Just, the word is—it's not a dirty word.
0: Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I bend the knee on citadels. I'm going to bend the knee on something else at some point in this podcast bend too. It. You freaks will find bend out.
1: Bend it.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, it's always important to to not bend the knee, but uh, realize when you may have made a, a mistake. Citadels are becoming more popular, and I can sort of see. Uh, the benefits they provide, especially uh, especially given the, the condition that we find ourselves in right now. When do you think we get back to work? you think we're going back sooner rather than later? It seems like things are, are calming down. I don't have any numbers in front of me, but hasn't New York number of new cases peaked? Uh, deaths are starting to fall. We didn't come anywhere near the projections that people thought we were going to hit in regards to the ICU beds that would be occupied, I believe, the first rejection or projection Cuomo was saying two weeks ago that by April 14th, we would have 40,000 people in the ICU. It's at like 5,000. Um, that's the, the science. The science has been very much confusing people and, and it's been very wrong up to this point, uh, which is interesting to see. And, and, and that's why I don't think we should be giving up our, our rights, right? Because you're, you're basing this erosion of civil liberties off of, what I would deem scare tactics based on models. And we talk about models a lot in other contexts, particularly economic contexts, trying to model out inflation or the way QE will affect the economy has proven over time to be completely wrong. And why would these models be any different? I'm just ranting here and just basically talking to myself, but um, it is interesting to see. I'm, I'm just like constantly thinking of that. It's always sunny episode where Mac, is just slapping bitch on scientists who are proven wrong in the long run.
1: I mean, I have a couple comments here. I, the First of all, to be fair, you know, we don't know. Like, this lockdown is unprecedented. Like, they, like, fucking locked everything down. So, presumably the numbers are lower. Part of the reason is because of of, of the lockdown measures, right? Like, I'm not saying that it's... But, yes, they were, some of the
0: models were were factoring in the lockdown. Yeah but okay. especially the most recent ones from 2 weeks ago.
1: Unfortunately, it's very hard to prove either way whether or not the lockdown was effective. Um I mean we if if we get out if we open up the economy completely and then we get hit like massively hard, then you could maybe. But short of that, there's like no way to prove it. The second thing is um you know, I personally think we should you know, be focusing on flattening the unemployment curve uh right now you know we got 20 over 20 million people unemployed just in america it's probably over 100 million worldwide um and i think that at the end of the day if a, if any government is is to decide that it should be the most local government possible um and it really should come down to individual business owners whether or not they want to open up and everyone should we we should the supply of masks needs to, we need as many people being able to wear good masks as possible. The ones who can't can wear homemade masks. Um, and and, and leave, it up, leave it up to individuals to decide how, how that's going to happen. And then third of all, we should never give up our rights, no matter what. And don't let fear fucking dictate any of that shit, because that's what it always comes down to. And it never gets rolled back. None of, whenever you give up your rights, they never get rolled back. And you have to keep fighting for them, no matter what.
0: No, that was the, uh, I forget when it was, either yesterday or the day before, the bent that I wrote, it was the exact same thing. Like, you don't let fear overtake. And that's been, that's what I think is like the worst part about this uh, situation is that you have terrible, You, you we, we've we witnessed two ends of the of the spectrum, right? You have the complete... Uh, lack of preparedness and lack of action early on and now you have a complete overreaction like as it seems that we're coming uh coming back down and and things are getting better governments are overreacting whereas in the beginning a lot would argue they were underreacting and as and that's another thing i said in that pen was there's data coming out now like we know who is most at risk to get this disease. If we're going to be smart about it now that we have data, let's use that data and open up the economy. Maybe don't let anybody over 65 years old, or not, don't let them, but encourage them to stay indoors and uh, away from big crowds until we know that we at least have herd, herd immunity or something similar to it. Um, we know that people who are obese um, are are more uh susceptible to it in males as well. So well, using that data. That's
1: good. We don't have many obese people in America.
0: <laughs> right? That's Fucked. Well that's the I was talking about it last night with my wife and uh brother and sister in law at the dinner table last night. Like if anything this this uh pandemic or this hysteria has really highlighted the need for people to stay in shape. Right? Like everybody's talking about Let's get Bill Gates to create a vaccine, and based on his track record, I'm not very excited about the prospects of that. How about we focus on taking vitamin C, vitamin D, exercising, getting healthy, not eating junk food, and we could avoid a lot of this. And that's like people are curious why California isn't having like a huge outbreak like a lot of other parts of the country, and they live healthier lifestyles there. That may be something we should look into. Yes, they do. Californians are always outside.
1: Sorry, freaks from California. Fuck you guys. You guys aren't like extra healthy people. I I I push (laughs) back on that. I mean, there's
0: definitely unhealthy. I I want to see the data. New Yorkers are healthier than
1: Californians.
0: Fuck no, they aren't, dude. Are Are you kidding me?
1: We we walk more, more more (laughs) steps. Well, New Yorkers are healthier.
0: Yeah, well, I, just from a vitamin D perspective, it is definitely sunnier, longer uh, in the, during the year no, I mean, I, in California. I agree we,
1: people should be healthier. That was one of the first things we said like a couple months ago when the the virus first started coming up. Um, you know, people should just live healthier lifestyles, lower your time preference. You know, uh, that that's like the number yeah. one precaution
0: you can do. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of uh, workout classes at our quarantine house here.
1: But the mask thing is the perfect example, because they literally went from two weeks ago being like, masks don't work, and there even could be an effect they could do the opposite. They make it worse to masks are now required. And like we have people all around, you know, like you see in Canada and and parts of America where they're like snitching out people for not wearing masks, you know, and, and shaming that. <laughs> we had in what in Philly, in Philly, right? So that guy got pulled off of the bus for not wearing a mask. Um and th- yeah, the and bus he was pulled driver, off fucking Philly one. cops. Yeah.
0: Bus driver wasn't wearing one, and then the cop had his mask down at his fucking chin. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you want people to socially distance, don't send ten individuals to breathe on one without a mask. Hypocrisy and forcibly pull them off a bus. It's hypocrisy and it's gaslighting. They're trying to gaslight us, freaks. Don't let them gaslight you. Don't forget. What the world, world, world health organization did. Don't forget what our governments did. How people reacted. Trump calling it the flu. Don't forget any of that shit. I, like,
1: I just want to put one more thing on the record, uh, and I'll own it if I'm wrong. I don't think there's. I I don't think there'll be a vaccine. So all the vaccine talk, I, I think, hope. is just a waste of time because I don't think that it'll ever materialize. That they'll even be able to do a vaccine. Everyone in the vaccine supply line is incentivized just like they're incentivized the government is incentivized to say like oh lockdown will only be for two weeks they're all incentivized to say a vaccine is coming and it will come at this point uh you know the the researchers that are are trying to get investment the investors that have paid those researchers that are trying to get a return and the government that's trying to calm everyone fucking down it's like all all those people are just incentivized to give us feed us bullshit about vaccines so I, i really do not think uh, there'll be like a usable vaccine for this shit in any in in, in any kind of meaningful way.
0: If one does come to market, and it's from Bill Gates. I'm waiting till half the world takes it before I get that shit in my body. If I ever do, okay. I, I don't trust that. Look at what he did in India, dude. I was t- we were talking about this like off record the other day. Like, what the fuck? Like he went into India and brought back polio via his vaccines. I don't trust that motherfucker. Sorry, sorry if people can't accept that but i just don't trust them don't trust verify uh and be healthier be healthier uh speak like staying on this tip though like th- i saw a headline like s- some saudi airline is gonna uh blood test people before they get on the planes to make sure they don't have this so it was Dubai, Chris- right? christopher allen dubai yeah it might have been like dubai. emirates airline I um think. yeah uh so like you're seeing the the beginning of vaccination passports come to play, which I don't, I'm not a fan of in any capacity. So this may affect international travel into perpetuity. If they try to pull this shit off, like I will not be getting a, a, a vaccination passport.
1: Well, two comments here. I mean, it'll probably come with a chip too. Uh, two, two, uh, First of all, I've, I've said many times on this podcast that I've been trying to travel as much as possible because I thought it was going to be harder to travel in the future. Did not think it was going to be this quick. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I traveled a lot, but I did not travel enough. So hopefully uh, it won't get locked down too much. And then the second thing is passports originally were supposed to be a temporary measure that just stuck around forever.
0: Were they really? I never knew this. Yeah, there's
1: a whole story behind it. I'm not well-versed enough in it. Uh, it was after one of the world wars, I believe. Uh, but you, you freaks can go DuckDuckGo it and and search it. Just type in uh, passport temporary, then permanent or something.
0: Yeah, DuckDuckGo. You know, speaking of DuckDuckGo, a little tangent here. It's been my go-to browser for or on my phone. I'm still addicted to Chrome on the desktop for some reason. I need to get away from it. Actually, I've been using Brave a lot more. Google gives you Google better there, search results in there, but DuckDuckGo on the phone has been incredible.
1: I sometimes big fan. I've been using it for like six if months. If I now. use Google, I go into Tor browser and then I search on Google, but it does give you better search results. Yeah,
0: surveillance um, pays. And I wanted to loop. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to loop back to your comment about uh, leaving the decisions whether or not whether or not to shut down uh, to smaller municipalities. Our boy Brian Harrington, at Brain Harrington. I didn't realize this. I'm looking at his Twitter handle now. It's at Brain Harrington oh, on Twitter. Shit. I didn't realize His name's so. Brian, though. His name's Brian. Um, uh, he tagged me in a post yesterday of a, 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 a county or a town doing exactly that, a strong town, if you will. They repurposed uh, some of their uh, linen factories to create masks, uh, on top of that, uh, was like a, this guy runs. He, he this guy had his gym closed by the state, so he started building weight racks and delivering them to people's homes. And then he turned his gym into a mask factory. Yeah, I mean, that, and so he that's a success he, of a local business, making lemons out of lemonades.
1: That's not like a. That's not like on, I don't think the local government gets credit there. Like that's that's this dude who was running no, the exa- gym. He repurposed it and started making masks and employing people and setting up like new supply chains and shit like that.
0: It's a very good point. Um, But that's an example of a strong town of somebody taking initiative and making lemons out of lemonade here. Or lemonade out of lemons, excuse me. Um, Could you make lemons out of lemonade? Do you think you could put that back together? Only the true hustlers. Maybe we'll try one day. Yeah. No, but this is cool. I'll I'll link to that too. I want to put that in the show notes right now. It's just like cool to see ex-Marine living in in California and just completely repurposed everything and created like just repurposed many parts of their local economy to create a supply chain of masks and at home uh, gym equipment cool to see um, all right let's get to some Bitcoin stuff this is a Bitcoin podcast we should probably talk about it at some point uh, Brian Bishop released a prototype for Bitcoin vaults this week he hit up the the uh, Bitcoin mailing list and basically now say uh, I talked about vaults last November or August I believe it may have been uh, here is a prototype that I finally put together and so for you freaks that don't remember vaults uh, around the concept of sharding pre-signed and pre-signed transactions uh, covenants if you will and so basically it allows you to set up a transaction in a way or set your UTX up UTXOs up in a way that if they want to be spent Uh, there's different relative time locks that come into play and somebody's trying to steal your UTXOs, you have the ability to sign another transaction that steals them back and puts them into an address of your choice. So adding to Bitcoin security, um, he announced in that email that there's also a prototype with op check template verify, which obviously has not been uh, implemented into the core code base yet um but it seems that that would help uh, make this even better if it does get implemented in the future
1: my understanding is in a theft scenario you would lose some bitcoin but the majority you would save
0: yes yes um pretty cool eh, yeah i mean i think you have to pay a higher fee so i think you'd lose that right i
1: th- I think the idea is that you you lose a little bit in the beginning just as like that's when you realize it's stole, stolen, right? Without losing 100% of the funds. I don't know. I have to look into it better. I've been kind of overwhelmed over here just with life. Yeah.
0: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, this is just a prototype. It's not working code. Brian's looking for people to review, to test it out, to give them feedback. Um, so if you're willing and able to do that, go check it out. We'll, we're going to um, post to that GitHub page in the show notes. And this is Matt and I were talking about. I did not, have, again, I didn't have time on Monday to do a stimulus package. But Matt was, and I was like, ah, is there even anything to talk about? And Matt was like, yeah, I could riff on. One subject for quite a while. My favorite topic of the week. Yeah, so let's dive into it. So there's a ransomware operator out there, uh, Okibi. I probably butchered that uh, pronunciation. Uh, They have decided to uh, stop taking Bitcoin, or they're not stopping to take Bitcoin. They're charging a premium for Bitcoin on their ransomware. When they lock somebody's files up, they're going to make them pay more a 10% premium what they pay in Bitcoin as opposed to Monero. So let's jump into this. What are your thoughts?
1: Just a reminder, freaks, ransomware is this new breed of computer virus that was born out of, uh, only became really possible because we have censorship-resistant digital money in Bitcoin. Um, so the idea is instead of like deleting your files or infecting your computer and and taking the information, what they do is they just encrypt it locally on your machine. So you can't access any of your files. And then when you pay them the ransom, usually paid in Bitcoin, um, they will give you the key to unlock your files. Uh, so it's, it's like basically a way of holding it hostage and then taking a money payment, um these ransomware providers have had a lot of issues with their Bitcoin being tracked and, and frozen and exchanges and stuff like that. Um, and it's been a weak point of their, you know, Bitcoin privacy being where it is, has been a weak point for their operations. So this ransomware provider has taken the next step. And then now they're, they default to Monero. Um, but you can still pay in Bitcoin. There's a 10% premium if you pay in Bitcoin and, their, their goal is to make it monero only in the future so this is like a stepping stone for them and what i thought was interesting here is that 10 percent premium is basically them saying that if they accept it in bitcoin for them to be able to achieve the the proper level of privacy that they want while using bitcoin it's going to cost them about 10 of of what they of what they bring in on bitcoin right like that's the price that they're setting Maybe they're putting a little bit more of a percentage there, just to discourage it a little bit. But that premium is basically dictating this is the the privacy premium, um, and this idea of a privacy premium is something that I've been trying to get across uh, for for a while now, and it's why I think that you know there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, drama between the, the the censorship resistant privacy crowd the street money Bitcoin crowd and the number go up crowd. There's a perceived uh, issue there, right? You have compliance bros, number go up, and then you have street money on the other side. And I think they're more united than they realize because I think that if it becomes easier to use Bitcoin privately, if the tools we have at our disposal become easier, more accessible, more people use them, they become more normalized, um, I think that helps the number go up. I think they're... They're they're interlinked and people don't really realize that. Um, so this is I, I think a perfect example of that.
0: No, I mean I agree. I think again the value of Bitcoin is dictated by its utility, correct? So and this is why we harp on privacy quite quite a lot on this podcast because I'll speak for myself. I believe that. More fungible, or not that Bitcoin's not fungible at this point, but more private Bitcoin uh, is is better in the long run. It makes it more valuable, gives it more utility, and again, yeah, it's just a simple concept of hey, I don't want people knowing how much is in my bank account whenever I make a transaction. Um, so tools like that's why we pump CoinJoin, that's why we are um, talk about Schnorr root when we can. Uh, these things help bring more privacy assurances to Bitcoin users. They provide Bitcoiner, Bitcoiners with better tools that help them achieve privacy. Uh, And yeah, no, I mean, you can't deny what's in the wild. I don't think, and this is not, let's not beat around the bush. Monero is not perfect privacy either. It has proven to have bugs in the past and, uh, there's still questions around ring signatures and whether or not they're perfectly private and you can have processes. Uh, uh, you can sort of de-anonymize people via process of elimination in some instances there. Um, at least the last time I looked in the mirror, it has been a while. So maybe they uh, fixed, fixed those bugs, but um, you know, privacy is important. We focus on it. I think it's getting better too. And that's the one thing like it's a, it's a spectrum and ideally strive for, excuse me, it's not a spectrum, you either have privacy or you don't. Um and uh we're striving for an ideal of privacy and it has gotten better over time and will continue to get better. And it's actually a good uh segue Wait, into let's not segue the yet.
1: Um
0: Well, let's bring it let's bring it into the conversation what um Raphael Yacobi was talking about on Stefan's podcast. It's
1: such a good episode. Uh, everyone should go listen to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have Raphael in here soon. I'm actually talking to him. He's going to write a piece for Dig about OFAC. And, I need to respond and to and the comments privacy. you just made, Marty. Respond.
1: There's no. First of all, perfect privacy doesn't exist. There's no such thing as perfect privacy. Monero offers users practical privacy today at the sacrifice of auditability. And auditability is important because you need to know if there's the scarceness of, of Bitcoin, the the ability to audit the supply and know how much Bitcoin there is, is fundamental to the value of Bitcoin. And if, and if if the, the actual token in this case, Bitcoin doesn't have value and that value, you know, doesn't accrue, then you have nothing to send. So you have no there, even if you have privacy, there's, there's, there's no ability to send value because you have to pay the miners and, and it, so the token needs to have value. Um, at its core, Monero is basically confidential transactions and, and every spend is a coin join. Um, the confidential transactions part is very controversial in Bitcoin land. Um, it's, it's newer cryptography. It, it, it comes with a lot of trade-offs there in terms of auditability. Um, the, the coin join part, though, Every Bitcoiner can do their part on the CoinJoin part. Uh, we can make we can normalize CoinJoin usage. You, we can make most of our spends CoinJoins at the individual level. So I would like to see you know I I would like to I distill that as I think if you CoinJoin you make Bitcoin stronger, and if you make Bitcoin stronger, I, I I think it'll 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 help with adoption and it'll help the it'll help number go up. I think it's all connected.
0: No, I agree. I agree there. Sort of, I agree. I think uh I think it's happening too. Like and it's just gonna take time. Like a lot of this. Um but no, if anything, this headline and this uh this of this ransomware company com- is it a company, or do we consider it like a ransomware syndicate? Um syndicate's a good word. Should light I, a fire under people's ass. Like, like, hey, hey, we need to uh this is something we should probably focus on and people are focusing on it. And, uh, I'm bullish on privacy on Bitcoin. And I think again, going back to Raphael, that's why I brought him up. It's important that we have people like him, lawyers and people in his position that are talking to these companies and advising them in a legal sense to stand up for privacy and individuals rights to privacy. And, uh, we should not be letting, um, chain analysis companies and exchanges dictate whether or not coin joins are legal. Like they are legal. Bitcoin is a messaging protocol. Privacy is, is human, right? And you can't have people throwing that out because they're worried about AML KYC laws.
1: I absolutely love that podcast. Uh, everyone should go listen to it. Uh, my favorite point that he brought up was that these, these, uh changed by companies have essentially what they create problems yeah yeah what they do is they they lobby government and they lobby the exchanges to basically require them to solve the problem the perceived problem that they've created so they've like nestled themselves in there it's just complete rent seeking behavior um and they're not even that effective well
0: so this is the man in the middle attack. I think Roy Sabog was talking about that we've been debating. Like that seems like the these chain analysis companies are trying to man in the middle attack Bitcoin, and it is completely, like you said, it's completely rent sinking seeking and self indulgent, and in where they want to make a profit and build these tools. And so, like you said, they're lobbying government and the exchanges just to make themselves useful. With that being said, and as we've been hinting at over you know, the last five to ten minutes it is possible to do that unfortunately epic with bitcoin uh, at the moment so we should work as quickly as possible to build the tools and uh, update the protocol as need be to make it impossible um, which again i think is happening so just keeping everybody up to date on what's going on in this realm so so didn sorden okibi so maybe i'm pronouncing that Sodin okibi right um yeah they 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 seem to be um Soden Kobe No, it's not Soden Kobe. Soden Okibi.
1: Whatever. Okibi. It's not meant to be pronounced. It's Whatever. just meant to be read. You never you when you get a ransomware request, it comes it comes in text form. <laughs> um
0: onto something else something more uh positive uh this is a cool little explain it like i'm 5 utrixo uh to or uh, explainer by a man named Calvin Kim uh XO for you freaks that don't remember is a hash accumulator for bitcoin proposed by Taj Dryja, uh who was one of the co-authors of the lightning network paper um and so it basically helps reduce the chain state, so people can easily download the blockchain and you, you get the full node distribution uh, increased. What was your favorite part about this, Matt?
1: No, I just thought he did a really good job of just cutting out the bullshit and just going straight to the point. Um, so I think people should read it. I mean, the, the main the main trade-off, uh, the, the 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 main pro of Utrixio is, I don't know if I pronounced that right, uh, is the main benefit is less storage uh, space requirement. Uh, the main negative is it requires more bandwidth. It requires about twenty percent more bandwidth. So that's <laughs> just cut straight to the point. But people should get, just give it a quick read.
0: If you couple u xo with Early though, is the bandwidth requirement lower than it would be now without Early? That's good. Well,
1: it, it requires it requires it doesn't require a fork, but it requires. These special archival nodes that serve you the data—I believe.
0: Um, mm. Hmm. What do we think about that? I gotta think about that.
1: I don't know. I still don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. Just thought it was interesting. What's more interesting is this new treasure upgrade.
0: Yes, it's very interesting. We were we were riffing on this for quite a bit before we hit record.
1: So the coolest thing they added was actually there's I think there's two cool things. So they added three things. They added the ability to if you have multiple passphrase wallets, you don't have to turn off the treasure and turn it back on to switch wallets. You can just toggle between uh, multiple open passphrase wallets. Like if you so if you use a passphrase, you get a completely different wallet, and if you have multiple of them, you can toggle through them. The next thing is. They have a wipe pin. Uh, so if you're in duress, you can put in this wipe pin and it wipes the device. That's also useful because if you've doxed your keys to wallet.trezor.io, you can actually use the wipe pin to erase it and reinitialize without, without connecting it to a computer. So you can erase it, reinitialize, and then from that point, just use Electrum with your own personal server and not worry about it. So that's a really nice way of doing that. Um, I think that's even more useful in terms of doing that, generating new keys, than it is as a duress uh, ability. And then the third thing is this: they're using an, the SD card slot as a uh, b- basically two-factor authentication. So, so you, you use. So the the issue is the treasure because it doesn't have a secure chip. It's really easy to pull the seed. It's pretty easy to pull the seed off of the treasure if you have physical access to it. It's only encrypted by the pin, and once you pull that data off, you can basically brute force it with all the pin attempts you want and get in. But if you use this SD card feature, the SD card also holds a key that encrypts the seed. So the seed becomes encrypted by the pin and the SD card. So if you don't have the SD card, you take it out of the device, you store it somewhere else. Um, I, it it becomes way way more difficult for an attacker to actually decrypt your seed if they have access to your to your treasure physical access to your treasure it's a very seems like a very creative way of handling this what is uh, is a hardware issue and and from my from my perspective I was looking at this hardware issue I was like there's no way that they can mitigate this issue short of saying use a strong passphrase which is basically what they've been saying uh, without inter- without releasing new hardware, but this is a very creative way. So I'm curious to see if see people try and attack it and see if they can break it.
0: Yeah. Now, shout out to the Satoshi's Labs team, uh, treasure team. I'm figuring this out. It's been the biggest knock on them. They've they've putting their head down and getting shit done. That's been they've been getting attacked by their competitors pretty pretty aggressively. Mainly Ledger. I'll just call them out. Um, attacking their hardware doing presentations about it and now it's an, another topic that comes up from time to time are these hardware wallets sort of eating each other alive and eroding trust and just the the product overall in the long run should they work together obviously we do need to know where these these products have weak points um so that we can fix over them like trezor just did um but should they be as adversarial uh, yes and, Attacks, a, are yes, adversar- Attacks are good. Yes, adversari Responsible disclosure is important. Yes, exactly. That's the point I was trying to make. Let, let me put make it this it, way. Make it responsible. We
1: would have never have gotten this treasure S D card feature if they hadn't gotten an attack so many times. They were forced. Exactly. they were forced to innovate there. And it's good to see. Everyone do you wins. worry
0: about do you, do you worry about the adversarial nature or not the adversarial. the adversarial's the wrong one. They should be adversarial. Um is anti-competitive the word I'm looking for? I don't think it's anti-competitive. Um,
1: it's super competitive.
0: No. Yeah. It's very competitive. No, I think... I think It's not the word I, I'm looking for either.
1: I think this, you know... Uh, penetration testing of all these devices is super important. It's, like, one of the most productive things that can be done in this space. Sure, there's all this... There's Twitter drama and shit involved. But, like, that's just a Twitter issue. Like, there's just there's always twitter drama about everything like you go into like anime twitter and there's drama so i, I just think that's just a, <laughs> that's that's a product of social media um but i think at the end of the day like i want to see all these devices get ripped to shreds i want to see i want to and i want to see more threat modeling on the nodes now that you know fortunately we have way more people running nodes i want to see more of that as well i just i think it all should just be Uh, and like network level everything just attack 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 Uh, you know one of the beauties of bitcoin one of the reasons i love bitcoin is because it's this open permissionless network so literally you can and it's worth billions of dollars so you can count on the fact that there's teams around the world short of any bug bounty programs or responsible disclosure agreements that are trying to break this shit all the time that's why bitcoin has lindy is is because we know everyone's trying to attack it all the time. So I, as it goes on, it gets stronger, and that's
0: awesome. No, I agree. I agree. I'm sorry, Freaks. So I'm a I'm a bit uh, exhausted here today. I'm not being as uh, I
1: think we all are, man.
0: As eloquent, eloquent, and clear minded as I as I usually am. I am just want to get a beer. I just want to
1: get a beer at a bar with my boys, and I'm super restless. And I just I. Uh, I just my mind my mind has just been off lately.
0: Me as well. Not me as well. Um, especially cooped up with three kids under four and, and four adults. Yeah. Uh,
1: no kids in my citadel, so I got that going for me.
0: <laughs> Eventually, there will be. Hopefully, um, one day. One more Sam, bull run. All right, we'll run through. We're gonna run through a couple updates quick here because. I've got something to do in 50 minutes, and I'm trying to get this out before I have to do that. Um, Samurai Wallet version 0.99.93 is out. If you are running Samurai Wallet, make sure you update that. Sticking on Samurai updates, Whirlpool. CLI version 0.10.5 has been released. Make sure you update that. Um, Our Graphene OS guide, Matt's guide, is out there. People are using it. People are liking it. How are you liking Graphene as your... your Android running graphene as your go-to device these days.
1: Graphene is fucking awesome. I love it. Uh, all, all the good app developers provide APKs directly. Uh, FDroid has all op, a ton of open source apps available. Um, the big, So that's the biggest issue is like paid apps on Google Play and stuff you do not have access to. You should petition. Uh, I think you just petition your app developers to release APKs for them. Those are direct downloads. Um, f-droid does have aurora store on it which is a mirrored version of google play that uses anonymous account credentials that's why you can't use it with paid apps Um, that's not ideal but if for some reason you absolutely need an app that's only on play store that is open to you Um, my biggest drawback is the camera Uh, open source camera just doesn't uh, it's just not great you know like i might go back to just carrying it like a a point-and-shoot camera around with me because I use camera a lot in my day job. Um, The reason I put the Graphene OS guide here is because most of the freaks have heard us talk about this for the last couple of weeks. Um, I put it here for convenience because of the other story that we're going to talk about, which is Apple and Google baking in Bluetooth tracking directly into the OS. And Graphene, obviously, the ideal is to not carry a phone with you at all so, like, if you could be Janine about it, we had Janine on the podcast. She doesn't carry a phone with her. That's the ideal. I can't do that. I admit it. Um, graphene is, like, the next best option. And, and the beauty of Graphene is it, it, it doesn't have any of Google services in it. So, you will not have this this baked into the OS, this, this Bluetooth tracking, which they're claiming is going to be private. But when you look at the spec, you know, there, I, I don't know how they can handle denial of service issues And prank issues and people claiming that they're, you know, that they have uh, have coronavirus that don't uh, without including personal identifiable information. So I see them adding this. And yes, the surveillance state already exists globally, but this is them furthering their capability, the ability to tell if if two people are, are within immediate contact of each other because of open Bluetooth connections. And they're normalizing that surveillance. They're getting people used to it. We're going to bake it into the OS. And if you have Apple and Google on board partnering on this, that's like what? Like 95% of phones or something like that. So like that's fucked up. And we need to push back on that. And the most practical way to push back on that is not lobbying your politicians, which you should, by all means, do it. It's not signing a a petition on change.org. It's installing graphene. That's how you do it. Or not carry a phone.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's fucking insane, dude. They're really lifting the veil. They're they're not hiding it anymore. Like, hey, we want to track to track you. And that's uh, going back to the hysteria and the models. The models. The models were used to scare us, and now our fear is enabling them to basically institute these technologies that are leading to the digital panopticon. They're cattle herding us. They're using our fear. Hey, they got the. They got the. They got the, the fear of that model. Those models, they're like little cattle prods with the el- electrocution shocks at the end. They're shocking us in the ass. They're saying, hey, 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 we gotta s- we're got we scaring you. We're scaring you. You're scared. Now that you're scared, hey, come over here. Come over here. Install your Bluetooth. We're going we're gonna to track you and make sure you don't get this virus. It's fucked up, man. So we're fucked. All- it. It's one step away As from American the chip. Auto People
1: don't see. realize we carry the chip in our pocket, uh, but we can take it out so that we have that benefit. The next step is, 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 a, is a bracelet that you can't take off, uh, right? We see that happening with, with people in Kentucky, right? They're using the, the house arrest bracelets on people. And then this, it's a very slight step from that, house bra- that bracelet that you can't take off to the chip. Uh, we're very, very close. So we're living in the pods already. Uh, the chip is close. Um, bugs are next. And you just gotta got to be vigilant. And you got to fight back.
0: Bugs are coming. Soon they're gonna create like a. I saw a, a cartoon. Of somebody in a VR, a VR uh, helmet. Uh, they're linked up to like an IV, and they had like a jerk off tool jerking them off. That's what they want you to do. They want you in the chair in your pod with your VR camera on. They're gonna give you a jerk off tool where you can get yanked without doing any work. They're gonna hook you up with IVs of bug injections, and uh, they don't want you to do anything. Again, they're they're cattle hurting you. They're they're prodding you with that that f- that fear based electric cattle prod you're getting prodded into a digital panopticon wake up wake the fuck up i
1: bet you i bet you if you ranked um bug protein eaten per capita in the united states california would be number one
0: i will agree with you on that so maybe they aren't as healthy as i thought otherwise
1: well you know bugs aren't necessarily unhealthy Uh, i'm just i have no intention of eating them
0: and neither do I, and I don't think they're a good source of protein. The
1: other the update, the, the other update I wanted to talk about was uh, our favorite, my favorite VPN. I, Mar- I got Mariana too; it's his favorite now. Uh, Mulvad.net just released uh, mobile apps, uh, two new mobile apps for Android and iPhone. Uh, they already supported um, both of them through the Open VPN, well, Open VPN app on on Android and just like the shitty built-in VPN thing on iPhone but now they have standalone apps that use WireGuard which is a superior protocol so it's it's just good to see them adding that there it's just nice to step in the right direction
0: yeah shout out Molvad really like the product sponsorships are open if you're if you're listening Molvad um, this was interesting uh, central banks recommend global stablecoin bands and this is the biggest use case of DeFi right now. You had been on the POV Crypto podcast, and you basically called this, and they want to ban this stuff. I did, um, and this is the part of the podcast where I where I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bend the knee in some regard. So, uh, what what were you saying when you were on that podcast? What was the debate, well, and it, and how did it come to fruition?
1: First of all, we linked the podcast in uh, the show notes. You should go listen to it. I think that was my the. Quite possibly one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded outside of Tales from the Crypt. Um, it was a very good episode. Um, you said that it, it is that that stable coins are one of one of the main use cases. It is the main use case of Ethereum right now. The majority of transactions are stable coins by by volume, I believe, um, by the amount of money sent. Um, I said that the major difference between Ethereum holders and Bitcoin holders is how much they, how much we, you know, value censorship resistance and how much censorship resistance, how important it is. Um, And where you are in the threat model of that, how much is enough. Um, And Ethereum is quite short on that. You know, it's not state resistant. And at the end of the day, um, if you're not state resistant, uh, you're going to have a ton of fucking issues. And we see that happening already. We see Ethereum centralizing. Um, And actually on, on, on that, the, the host, uh, David Hoffman, uh, he, he was saying like, the U S government isn't a threat Like they're never going to come down on us. It'll never happen. And actually while we were recording, that was when Trump tweeted out his tweets, like his anti Bitcoin tweets. Um, So that was, that was pretty ironic. Um, And I I just this idea that they're surprised that they're going after DAI and the other stable coins uh, is is fucking infuriating. Like you shouldn't be surprised. That should be the expectation the whole time. Uh, States have a monopoly on money. They strictly control it. They strictly regulate it. This is why Bitcoin's important. This is the whole point. Uh, So for them to be surprised at this point. Uh, is like it just it just proves everything that Bitcoiners have been saying this whole fucking time. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we have we, ha- we have the Maker Foundation getting sued right now uh, for for money loss. <coughs> right. Like this is the whole thing. Like, guys, like there's d- decentralization isn't something to slap on your marketing budget. You know, it's it's absolutely integral to the whole fucking system. Because you create central points of failure that can be sued, that can be regulated, that can be thrown in jail, uh you know it i, I, I that's all I got for you for you. yeah,
0: so I loved it, I love it and it's, I mean we've been saying this for years now at this point uh this like, state is not the final boss, it is the only boss that is who. We are fighting. That's why I love Eric Voskule, even though he may be extreme in some cases. He has a very clear definition of Bitcoin is that if it is not, if it can't route around the state, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It's not fulfilling its use case. Uh, with Maker, so there's a proposed class action lawsuit seeking more than $28 million from the Maker Foundation uh, and several of its affiliates. It's set to be filed in the US federal court. So I wouldn't be surprised if the New York Department of Financial Services gets this one. Uh, and they are particularly uh, pretty piss poor when it comes to uh, being p- beneficial for cryptocurrency in general. Um, it was so funny. In a draft complaint, the Maker Foundation, a nonprofit organization supporting the development of MakerDAO decentralized finance protocol. So they're coming out the foundation that's supporting the decentralized finance protocol. I wouldn't
1: be surprised. Um, the sec- other weak there's there's two other weak points of maker. It's the price oracles that determine what the current ETH price is because on-chain you can never an admin key too, doesn't it? You, yeah, it has well it has there's a governance system and it's controlled by like seven known holders have like the majority of stake. They're like VCs and shit. Yeah, isn't so you hit them.
0: Doesn't A16Z have like eighty percent or, or sixty percent? I wouldn't like
1: be surprised if they get sued or or pinched as well. Uh, that that's like the main thing. And here's the thing: is like they're marketing all the Ethereum guys, DeFi, DeFi, DeFi. Like the D part is the most important part. We have finance already. It's all KYC'd and regulated and controlled and surveilled. The D part is the important part and that's the part that's been neglected this whole fucking time. And you can't just get that after the fact. You have to build it in 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 the, in the a proper way to try and achieve that.
0: Yes, things like UTXO Erlay, things that allow you to, to download the full state of the blockchain just with low bandwidth internet. Distributed proof of work. So you can work. decentralize the ledger. Yeah. Distributed proof of work is very important. Running your own full Something. node. Coin joining, all this stuff, it comes together, provides utility to Bitcoin. Um, staying on the stable coin tip, Libra's back announcing uh, they're going to have many single, simple, single uh, currency stable coins in their suite. It's funny that they announced that as soon as the central banks recommend uh, a global stable coin ban. And again, let's make this clear, stable coin's Maybe a huge use case right now, but the whole goddamn point of Bitcoin is to replace the US dollar and to replace the fiat money, easy money central banking system that the dollar is the reserve currency now. Yes, it may have ultimate utility now, but if we're talking 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years out, like Bitcoin is supposed to replace these, the underlying. Currencies that these stable coins are are representing and attempting to peg at a one to one ratio. They're cool to some people and are very useful for some people in Venezuela and other parts of the world at the moment. But if we're thinking long term, if you're really adopting a low time preference view on Bitcoin and how it will progress, I mean, it was created to replace this stuff. So just keep that in mind.
1: You can't do a peg stable coin without a trusted third party. And if you have a trusted third party, There's security holes and, and, and you don't have censorship resistance because that third party can be pressured. They can steal money from you. They could fuck shit up. Um, so that's the inherent problem with all this stuff. I I do want to say that we did call this, this Libra thing. Um, my whole, they were way too ambitious in the beginning. Uh, they wanted to basically become a, their own quasi central bank and they wanted to have a basket of all this shit and make their own currency. Um, if you're going to try and play by the rules and do this whole corrupt bullshit political lobbying thing, the clear play has always been you just do a very basic stablecoin, you just peg it to the U.S. dollars, you follow all regulations, you do, you submit to full KYC, AML, give them more surveillance powers than they already have over a lot of their current traditional finance uh, instruments. Um, and then... If once that's out of the gate, then you slowly start creating a basket. If you want to create a basket, you don't just come out of the gate and just like, oh, we're creating a new currency. Um, but it seems like they they figure that out. But I would still like to, you know, I actually fuck them. I don't want them to implement Bitcoin. Uh, they would become talk about chain analysis. I said this from the beginning as well. Like if they just added a Bitcoin wallet to WhatsApp and combined it with all the data that Facebook has, and this open ledger, and then you combine it with KYC data, they would be the preeminent chain analysis fucking company, and that they could make a ton of money doing that. I uh, hopefully none of Stop them are listening. Stop giving them ideas, yeah. Matt.
0: Um, no, and this I guess this last topic is a perfect example of why these are bad design choices for from a user perspective, and why you shouldn't choose these stable coins as products. Yesterday was the ninth anniversary of the famous Black Friday for online poker, which the domains for PokerStars, Full Tilt Poker, and Absolute slash UB Poker got seized by U.S. authorities, and players woke up one morning and all their funds had been seized, and they were not able to access them because um, these poker sites and the payment processors that they use to process the funds that their users um Put on the sites uh, were trusted third parties that got pressured by governments, the U.S. government particularly, uh, to shut down. And people, again, we have friend, we know many friends uh, that woke up one morning had substantial, substantial amounts of money on these uh, sites, and they just did not get access were, to it.
1: Were you aware of it when it happened at the time?
0: It was nine years ago so i would have been in college. Nah, i probably had heard about it i was in college yeah uh, i remember it clear as
1: day i actually it, this is what originally sold me on bitcoin my original bitcoin thesis was if it just was used for u.s gambling uh you know, like when I discovered it in like late 2012, early 2013, I was like, if it's just used for us gambling, this thing is, is worth it. Just that, just that, that alone. Um, and, and it really opened my eyes to basically the issue here is exactly the issue with the stablecoin providers, um, and other so-called DeFi products and most of the shit coins is that you have a trusted third party. And if you have a trusted third party, um, you can seize their stuff. You could throw them in jail. You can, you know, pressure them. And that's exactly what happened. And, and in this case, um, what they did was they basically, they went after the payment providers specifically. They went for like Visa, MasterCard, BankRails, um, cause that's what was in reach. Like, and without Bitcoin, you can't have like a BitMEX situation, right? Because BitMEX, you know, technically doesn't allow us customers. Uh, and, and checks IPs, but you could use a VPN and then it's like, don't, don't ask, don't tell, right? But the actual money transfer into BitMEX could never work because they just close down all the, the on-ramps and off-ramps. But when you have Bitcoin, all of a sudden you're able to do this regulatory arbitrage, move around the world and operate your business from a different part of the world than the regulations in question. As long as you have that censorship resistant money that can, can move between these systems.
0: Yes. It I mean, wake up people. Especially the DeFi people wake up here. And the whole DeFi thing's confusing. Why the fuck do you are going to take your Bitcoin or ETH and like leverage it up on one app, go to another dApp and loan it out and blah blah blah. There's just like too much too much user interaction with that whole thing. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. We're trying to make make everything simpler.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, it's It's like the opposite of staying humble. It's like lever up all your money. (laughs) Why? uh, Yeah. I don't know. It seems unnecessary. We're already laughing at it. If you have a scarce asset like Bitcoin, the idea is as more people adopt it, the price should go up. You know, everyone gets caught up in the S2F model and is the having priced in and all this shit. There's only so many Bitcoin as more people adopt it, the price should go up. When should the price go up? Uh, Eventually. You know, I it's, it's just it's, it's basic logic. Um, and if that's the case, then then you don't need to go searching for all these outsized returns. You don't have to make risky investments. You don't have to go try and invest in index funds and lend your money out and, and collect interest and do all this shit because the actual money should appreciate with everything else. Right. And, and, and that's the beauty that's the fucking beauty of Bitcoin. One of the main beauties of Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, we're keeping it simple, stupid freaks. It's like, I mean, it's hard. But people don't, like, I, there was somebody on Twitter yesterday, like, who's been, he said he's been in it and focused on DeFi, actually. Let me find who it was. He was in Portugal and said only like this week had he actually come to the realization of why Bitcoin is important. I'm going to find this thread. Give me a couple seconds here. Um, and, he, and he shouted out Pierre and Bitstein um, for it, but no, it's, it's it's uh the whole defi again. It's confusing. It, it's and just from a, a design perspective, from a UX perspective, you're you're depending on too much user interaction. People don't want to fucking do all that work. They just want to fucking have money that they know is secure, they know is sound, they know is unsensible, and they want to be able to use it your average joe doesn't think about levering up and loaning out and fucking doing a lottery with his money found the found the thread rival voices at no silver v on twitter finally got the bitcoin value thesis check this out bitcoin is basically hard money what does that mean the supply of dollars can be artificially inflated the supply of bitcoin cannot there's just a finite supply once it is mined it is mined forever There was a recent Bitcoin sell-off. A few large holders in need of liquidity sold too many small buyers. What effectively happened, what effectively has been happening is that Bitcoin is getting transferred from people with high time preference to people with low time preference. Okay? And it goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thread, but yeah, like Matt just said, it's pretty simple. There's 21 million Bitcoin. There's close to 8 billion people on this planet. They're all... Eventually, they'll notice the benefits of a peer-to-peer distributed cash system that cannot be shut down and has no trusted third parties and they're going to want to get some of that they are going to want to get some of that and there's only so much to go around and it's better to get in early you might as well, you should get some before it catches on might be a good idea
1: shut down resistant but i 100 percent agree
0: yeah what i say seizure
1: it cannot be shut down and you also said uncensorable no absolutes, Marty.
0: I'm sorry. Very hard to censor. Very hard to shut down. There we go. Very hard to seize.
1: Make nearly every spend to CoinJoin.
0: Uh, try your hardest. PDEP. Let's let's hurry up with that. Is uh is PTC Pay Server close to getting PDEP? And PayJoin?
1: I think so. I think so.
0: Yeah. Shout out out to our friends at PTC pay server.
1: That'd be awesome to see.
0: All right. We got to wrap it up here so I can get this posted before my next recording. Any finding finding any final parting notes?
1: No, uh, I just wishing all you freaks the best. Um, Stay sane out there. Uh, You know, work out, figure out ways to work out in your situation. Try and get light and air. Uh, don't snitch on your neighbors. Uh, maybe, you know, go buy a prepaid card while you can wear a mask and gloves without anyone, you know, not- in caring. Uh, normalize mask usage in general after everything is done. We just got to just keep wearing masks all the time. And uh, stay humble and stack sets.
0: Peace and love, freaks. Keep it real. <laughs>